Hello and welcome to Funk Radio. This is your host, Peter. And this is your host, Kyle. And you are the listeners. Hello. Hi. So what are we talking about today, Peter? We recently had an idea for a topic. We kind of talked about this in the last episode. How we had an idea for uh, an episode which would have have been uh, musicians with their own theme parks. But that didn't really pan out. Um, so we actually talked about Dollywood in our last episode as part of like a musicians with interesting investments. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I realized like, oh, there's actually more cases of musicians with specific theme park rides. That's more of a thing than like them having the entire parks. So um, we actually were able to compile enough of a list to do an episode on it. So nice. Um, hopefully this should be fun. Yeah, I... In thinking upon it, I would assume that more musicians would maybe have theme park rides because it's a lot cheaper for them to license their brand or name or whatever uh, to a ride than it is to buy an entire park. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're, you know, Dolly and you have all that country music money. You got that Dolly money. Exactly. You got those those Dolly Dolly bills. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you think that at the park that the money that you spend there is called dolly bills if I not then so. that's a very bad missed opportunity we'll have to go visit and check so the first one uh i guess i'll start with the first one now uh this is going to be michael jackson uh with the 4d show captain eo whether some of you nerds out there want to say oh that's not a ride uh well, well fine we'll call it a, an amusement park attraction I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, so it was a show. Uh, basically, it, it was a short film. I think it was, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes long or something like that. It premiered at Disneyland and Disney World in 1986 and was later brought to Tokyo Disneyland in 87 and Disneyland Paris in 1992. Um, it was actually a 3D film, a science fiction film that starred Michael Jackson and written by George Lucas and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. The film tells the story of Captain EO and his ragtag crew of uh, like alien creatures or something. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's pretty bizarre. Um, but it's <laughs> it's worth a watch. Um, basically, they're um, on a spaceship going through space, and they're on this mission to deliver a uh, gift to a so-called supreme leader um, who lives on a world of rotting, twisted metal. And it's a very scary planet, listeners. And from what I remember, once they land on that planet, they get captured. Um, and the Supreme Leader is like, hey, I'm going to, you know, make you, I'm going to torture you for 100 years, whatever. And Captain Neo is like, no, you're beautiful and I'm going to show you your inner beauty. And he shows the Supreme Leader the ways of song and dance, basically, in true Michael Jackson fashion. Um, with the song, we are here to change the world. Now, to my knowledge, I think that song was written, produced specifically for Captain EO and was never, I don't know if it was officially released later on any other album. I think it might have shown up on like a compilation years later, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think it was part of any like album that he released. So 1986, uh, definitely kind of peak michael jackson i guess Peak jackson yeah i was thinking that because obviously like you said this this premiered in 86 and basically spread to the different parks through the early 90s and it wasn't really until the late 90s that jackson kind of started 
let's just say falling from grace. <laughs> and I'm sure by then, uh, you know, it was probably decommissioned or whatever. I don't, I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they lasted really long in any of the parks, did they? Uh, I think it lasted until 98 or something like that. Okay, that um, sounds about right. Which is, so what is that, like a 12-year run, roughly? I was going to say, it, it ended, ironically, around the same time he dangled his child off the balcony. Well, I'm, I wonder how ironic that was, or if it was uh, a direct result. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, let's play a quick clip of the song, We Are Here to Change the World. As we said, this I think the show ended around 1998 or so in the Disney mm-hmm. parks. They actually did bring it back in 2010, shortly after um, Jackson died. Uh, I think that was in 2009 when that happened. And so that was so it was back at the parks for a number of years. But it said Wikipedia says that it showed for the final time at Epcot in December of 2015. So I guess it's not there anymore. I thought it was still there. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I think and. You know what, I think, because I think I actually wrote on it, I think they replaced it with like a Star Wars themed um, ride Uh, after obviously buying Star Wars. Um, I don't know if that's still there, because this is before they expanded the park into that whole Star Wars land or whatever. They Mm -hmm. just started kind of having some Star Wars themed things. So yeah, I think they repurposed it into like a Star Wars ride. I don't know if it's still that. Uh, but. So it looks like it was called Star Wars Path of the, Je- of the Jedi. It's no longer... So that that only ran from 2015 to 2018. Okay. Although it looks like it reopened, maybe. I, it's hard to tell. Basically, it, it, instead of showing Captain Neo in a short film, it was basically a montage of scenes from Star Wars movies. Which, yeah, basically. Okay. If I remember, yeah, it was like... A ride and the seats kind of sort of moved so you kind of felt oh, like you okay. were in a spaceship and then it just flew through different you know star wars space battles or whatever so there was some um, kind of experience beyond just watching clips from yeah, star wars yeah okay. yeah yeah i i unfortunately did not get to experience the majesty of captain eo um i, mm. I remember you said you guys saw it at some point yeah sometime in that re-release era um probably in 2010 or I guess maybe a little after that. Um, I know I saw it a couple of times. It was fun. Nice. Um, I, I think it's funny. It's a 17 minute film, but it has like a ton of big names behind it. It's got George Lucas writing. It's got the guy that did the Godfather is <laughs> directing this, but yeah. yet isn't it kind of regarded as kind of campy? I mean, in hindsight. Yeah. I think at the time it was super popular. Um, I also, Wanted to look this up in regards to what you just said. It says at the time it was the most expensive film ever produced <laughs> on a per on a per minute basis, averaging out to one point seven six million dollars per minute. My God. So yeah, with with that um, production quality and all the people behind it, yeah, it was. <laughs> part of me, part of me wonders too if the if the three D technology that was you know being used in the eighties mm. didn't make it really expensive too. Uh, that's entirely possible, yeah, because, I mean, like, if the way they had to shoot it with, you know, they probably used two cameras and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, a true stereoscopic or whatever. 
Um, yeah, so you're right. They, it probably did drive up the cost. I know in the early 80s, there were some like cheesy 3D movies. Like there was like Jaws 3D and stuff, but it wasn't real oh, yeah. 3D. It was like the, you know, where the two colored glasses crap. But yeah. I think this Captain EO, we kind of pushed that 3D technology further. So probably added to the cost. Uh, but I'm just speculating. I don't know. We'll have to ask um, Walt Disney. Oh, wait. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I should also mention that, like I said earlier on, uh, this is this was considered a 4D film. So not only was it 3D, but it also had synchronized like lasers and smoke and stuff. Ooh. And I think seats might have shook, shooken or something like that. I don't remember. But um, anyway, so that's fun. That is fun. So what's our next ride, Kyle? So the next one, um, sadly, is not Michael Jackson themed. Um, it is a. It is also a Disney product though it is a roller coaster featuring aerosmith that's called the rock and roller coaster that opened in disney world that's the one in florida in 1999 and is actually still operating to this day mm. i have never actually been to disney world peter have you yes um i think we went a couple of times when i was a kid i me having having never been to disney world and only being to disneyland everyone basically says like disney world is like five times bigger than Disneyland, which is saying a lot. Um, and it's a much more all-encompassing experience than Disneyland is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you definitely need to do it over, like, multiple days, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyways, um, Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. A copy of the ride from Disney World was actually brought to Disneyland Paris in 2002, um, but that one closed in 2019, and they rethemed it for Iron Man. Because Disney owns everything. The Rock and Roller Coaster was actually, um, it's an indoor roller coaster and one of the only Disney coasters to have inversions, meaning loop-de-loops. <laughs> the other one, or one of the other ones I know, is the one that you guys could never get me to go on. It's the Screaming Eagle in California Adventure. Oh, yeah. Uh, one with the that's big fun. loop. Yeah, so that's the only coaster, I think, in Disneyland, all the parks, that I haven't been on. So... That's fair. Yeah, I know you told me recently that you're not really a roller coaster guy. Yeah, yeah. I I I will admit here on Funk Radio, I'm not a big fan of coasters. I mean You are your first listeners. If you get me really drunk, you might be able to get me on one, but I'm not gonna voluntarily do it. Um, well, I'll I'll tell you right now, if you're if you're drunk, I'm not gonna put you on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this indoor coaster, um, featuring Aerosmith, it actually features a sort of pre-show video that kind of sets up the story of the coaster that Aerosmith needs to race across town to get to a live show. The band then gives the audience quote-unquote backstage passes to accompany them to the concert. (laughs) The roller coaster train is then supposed to kind of be a super stretch limo um, that will get get the guests to the concert on time. The design of the coaster was actually done by Walt Disney Imagineering, and they actually worked with the band to produce a special soundtrack for the coaster. Each coaster train actually features different Aerosmith songs, with some of them containing new lyrics that were written specifically for the ride. For example, their song Love in an Elevator is actually rewritten to be Love in a Roller Coaster. So, apparently, you're supposed to have sex on the ride. (laughs) Yes. I don't know if you're supposed to, but I guess you could. Although, if you're strapped down in a roller coaster, I don't know how that's supposed to happen. 
Touche. I'm sure somebody's figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I linked a, a short clip of kind of that version of the of song. the coaster version. I do find it odd that Disney would partner with the band Aerosmith in 1999, which is like 20 years after the height of their fame, (laughs) and they wouldn't have chosen something more contemporary, uh, for the time at least, Um, like NSYNC or something, who knows. Um, I wonder if part of that is, um, well, I, I guess I can think of a couple of reasons for that. One would be, well, actually, probably not in the case of Aerosmith. I was going to generally, I would say that an older band, maybe it's cheaper to license them, but probably not for Aerosmith. Oh, no, um, no, no. I My other thought was, you know, it, it probably makes more sense to get someone who has more like staying power. Like they chose Aerosmith because they've. Because of know, the longevity. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I see what you're saying. That that does. Rather than sense. like Justin Bieber, the ride or something. <laughs> <laughs> terrible i get partnering with aerosmith just because of the longevity i mean and probably by that point you know the 90s they were family friendly enough you know mm-hmm. that they were acceptable for children so yeah uh that was love and a roller coaster um so if you happen to be in disney world hopefully post pandemic um you should give the ride a try and let us know how it is because i have not ridden it i have it's pretty fun nice did you make love in a roller coaster, though? I did not. <laughs> I guess there's always still time. <laughs> um, so the next ride is called Led Zeppelin, the ride. A lot of the history of this ride is really kind of a history of the park that it was in. Um, and Kyle, uh, you sent me recently, as we were starting to developing this uh, topic, you sent me kind of like a history video about Hard Rock Park, as it mm-hmm. was known which uh, was pretty interesting. And I, I encourage you listeners to look it up if you're interested in this sort of stuff. Um, basically hard rock park was a concept for a, a amusement park that opened in Myrtle beach, South Carolina in April of 2008. And then it closed in September of 2008. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 2008, great time to open an amusement park. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, needless to say, they had some financial issues that made it not last more than five months. But um, basically, the whole idea behind the park was that it was kind of themed around different, like, musical genres and stuff like that. So you had, like, for example, like, areas of the park called, like, Rock and Roll Heaven, British Invasion, Lost in the 70s, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the rides and the this, this restaurants and stuff around the park were themed around these different, you know, eras of music. And uh, sort of an interesting concept because I've never really heard of a park being centered around music like that. Me neither. Um, but um, anyway, so a lot of the most of the rides in the park, at least from what I can tell, were kind of themed around musical concepts or genres in general rather than like specific bands. Um, there were two uh, exceptions to this, uh, one of which was the largest roller coaster in the park called Led Zeppelin the Ride. Now, from what I could tell, it was more or less kind of just like an off the shelf steel roller coaster, you know, not, not as heavily themed as like, uh, the Aerosmith ride, for example. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it uh, featured licensed songs um, by Led Zeppelin. Um, so basically riders on the roller coaster would hear one of five different Led Zeppelin songs. And from what I can tell, the original track that played when the ride first opened was their song Whole Lot of Love. So I figured that could be the one that we hear a clip of. been a while since i've given a good listen to some led zeppelin same so yeah it um basically was a roller coaster and you got to listen to led zeppelin while you're on it um so several years after the park went bankrupt um they were basically trying to sell all the rides off and uh so this ride eventually got sold off to uh dragon park ha long in vietnam and now it operates under the name dragon's run so if you listeners are ever in Vietnam, you can go ride the the, pass. the, the successor of Led Zeppelin the ride. I kind of wonder, like, how do you strip down and like ship a roller coaster across the Pacific Ocean? I don't know. I guess you just have to take it apart and put it back together. Yeah, I do. This is a weird fun fact that I know, and I don't know why I know this. Um, but... The original Dumbo ride from Disneyland is no longer there. They actually shipped it to Tokyo Disneyland, and it now resides there. Oh. So hmm. I guess they can ship rides. <laughs> I mean, but the Disney- one at Disneyland is just like a newer version of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's c- kind of interesting how they can just kind of, and, and I'm sure like Six Flags and whatnot does this all the time. How they can just kind of repurpose roller coasters to be new themes or whatever mm-hmm. i mean it's probably not that hard you just like give it a coat of paint and like slap a new entrance you know name on it or something You're like oh it's now the superman ride right well especially one like this where i i i, I guess i probably should have gone like looked at video footage or something but i didn't get the impression that it was like super themed so mm-hmm. it probably wasn't that hard to just you know turn it into dragon's run for vietnam yeah you just like put a dragon on the front of the car and boom, you're done. Or it still has a picture of Led Zeppelin, but they just put like dragon heads on all of them. <laughs> they just put like stickers over it. <laughs> Terrible. So another ride I'll mention, this one will be kind of be like a quick uh, honorable mention, I guess. Um, so Hard Rock Park actually also had another licensed ride called Eagle's Life in the Fast Lane, which was a smaller roller coaster um, that played the song Life in the Fast Lane by the Eagles. Um, but again, I don't think it really had any theming beyond like the name and just playing that music on the ride itself. Um, but I couldn't really find any additional information on that ride. So but I figured it was worth mentioning. Um, and if we want, we can play a clip of that song. Sure. Okay. I do find it funny that all of the coasters, except for, I mean, I guess Captain EO is not really a roller coaster. All of the coasters specifically have like classic rock themes. I'm kind of huh. sad yeah. that there's not other genres. Like, I want like a rap coaster. 
a hip hop coaster would actually be really cool. Right? Like, like, not, like, not even joking. That'd be sick. I wonder. Yeah, I mean, it probably. I mean, like, I would. It's probably not that surprising. You know, you know, would think that like, oh, like, hard rock kind of lends yeah, itself to yeah. the experience of a roller coaster. Yeah, more than some other genres. I mean, I feel like hip hop would do pretty well with that. True. Um, and I think like electronic music could work really well oh. with that too. I'm I'm honestly kind of surprised they haven't done that already. Like the Skrillex yeah. coaster, where like the drop of the song is the drop of the coaster. Oh, it's a literal drop. Oh, that'd yeah, be cool, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So the last one on our list is a coaster called "You Me at Six. So actually, the band's name is "You Me at Six. Okay, um, I I <laughs> haven't heard of these guys either, so like I had to research in order to know that. Um, yeah, so the 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 ride is called the Swarm, but the band is called You Me at Six. Understood. Okay, I thought the band was called the Swarm. I was like, I was like, it's a weird name for a band. I mean, it's not as weird of a name as You Me at Six. Touche. So yeah, this ride um, opened at Thorpe Park uh, in the UK in 2012, and it's actually still operating to this day. In 2012, the the British newspaper The Independent reported that. Uh, English alt-metal band You Me at Six would, quote, record the first original soundtrack dedicated to a roller coaster ride. Rock bands will create exclusive uh, soundtracks for roller coaster rides under a new deal agreed by EMI, a music industry seeking to diversify as physical sales fall has hit upon theme parks, which attract millions of thrill-seeking youngsters each year as a potential new source of revenue. So basically, basically they're pimping out their um, musicians to write songs for theme park rides to generate money because they can't sell CDs anymore. Basically. I, I actually found that in that concept really interesting because like, obviously I think there's a fairly limited market for that. Like, that's what there's I was only thinking. so many rides you can do that for. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, unless you just like, charge up the ass for the like the licensing rights which i mean it's it's yumi at six i've never heard of them it's not like it's the beatles <laughs> right um i yeah i would imagine there'd be a limited revenue unless they pay you like i don't know like a re-up on the license every year or something yeah uh interesting so i don't know i i found just as from a from i mean we haven't talked about this in a while but i know in the past on the show we've talked about kind of the the fall of music revenue in general, mm-hmm. um, as I mentioned here. So I, I feel like this is an interesting kind of side outlet that at least EMI has chosen to at least try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true, very true. I guess this also differentiates itself because in the other cases we've talked about, those were existing songs that were like licensed for the ride, whereas this one was actually written for the ride. Very true, yeah. This one is, I mean, of the of all of these, it's the only sort of original content made for i mean i guess captain eo kind of if you yeah. think of it that way i would imagine that you know getting a theme park up and running and, and profitable probably is pretty difficult so it's not done often right and i mean just the land land needed for it alone i, I think you showed me this actually there's like a youtube channel that all it does is talk about like abandoned theme parks yeah, I actually follow a couple of different channels that talk about different like theme park history stuff and abandoned ones. It's pretty interesting stuff. Um, yeah, but um, I think actually on the on the point of you know parks aren't open that often. I think 
uh, I don't have the page in front of me now. I want to say that Hard Rock Park was actually like the first new theme park that opened in the U.S. in like 10 years or something at that point. Oh, wow. Um, and obviously that it only lasted a few months. So I, mm-hmm. I think that if, if I'm remembering that correctly, that shows just how difficult it is to do yeah. that successfully. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of thinking about that. I mean, out, even outside of even just Disney, you know, pretty much all theme parks to some degree were closed or, or maybe still are. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows the, uh, what's the word? The rigidity of that business model. Yeah, for sure. So getting back to the band at hand, the song released for this ride by the band Yumi at Six is called The Swarm. Uh, and it was released as a non-album single. And the song and the ride are themed around the idea of the end of the world. Uh, theming elements include, quote, a partially destroyed church, crashed airplane, upturned ambulance, half-submerged fire engine, and a damaged helicopter. This is due to a swarm of semi-organic machines, mechanical creatures, which you are invited to ride the wings of. Okay. Yeah, so it seems like kind of a... Uh, apocalyptic, apocalyptic uh, theme, I guess, for the ride. Uh, sort it's kind of interesting. interesting. Concept. Yeah, and it, from from the sounds of what you just described, like I feel like this one. Um, again, I probably should have looked at video of it or something, but it sounds more heavily uh, immersive than some of the other rides in this list. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Speaking of uh, immersiveness, another thing that I'm kind of surprised, and maybe it has, and I just have no idea because I'm not a coaster person. I'm surprised mm. VR hasn't been incorporating more into roller coasters. Oh, I think they're doing that for something. Like Universal or something? They, um, seem, they seem like one of the types that would do that. I think maybe Disney's doing something. Oh. I'll have to, I have to look that up. I, I know, I think somebody's working on that. Because that would be pretty And sick. I don't remember. Oh, I think I, hang on, let me look it up really quick. Because yeah, I, mean, I want to say it's VR, like Tokyo Disney or something is doing that. That I would or, say that sounds about right. If you're doing VR, I mean, you can create an entire immersive environment that people think they're traveling through. Yeah, I I can't find it like really quick, but I'm pretty sure somebody's developing that. Which that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of the VR headsets are basically self-contained now. They don't require like field sensors or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, you know, measure the movement of your head or whatever. So yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And might actually get me on a roller coaster. Unless it makes you really sick. <laughs> Touche. So I guess we should probably play a little clip of this song, The Swarm, so you listeners can, I don't know, get the theme. So you listeners can experience the apocalypse. I'm curious if that whole idea by EMI ever got off the ground with any other examples other than this. I didn't really find any. Um, or maybe that'll, you know, it'll happen in the coming years. Yeah, I want, I want Taylor Swift to license her songs to uh, rides. The Taylor Swift teacup ride. T-Swift's teacups. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think that's the last uh, ride that we found that, sort of features a musical theme 
that's you know around actual musicians and not just disney or whatever yeah it's possible there's more but i mean i feel like i had to dig around a little bit even to find these um yeah yeah if you listeners want to swarm us with facts about other rides we might have missed tell us on facebook at facebook.com slash get your funk uh yeah and you can also find this episode as well as all of our previous episodes on our website at getyourfunk.com uh we're also on spotify not soundcloud uh google music whatever the hell they're calling it now google podcasts sorry um and apple podcasts yay yay mostly just spotify uh i think that's where everyone pretty much listens to podcasts nowadays did you know that uh Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have a new podcast because I'm told every five seconds when I listen to Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the ad on Spotify for that. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if I was more into coasters, I would try to, you know, go around. I mean, some of these are out of commission. Yeah. But if I ever do make it to Disney World, I, I promise I will ride the Aerosmith ride. As far as the others, I mean, it sounds like most of these are shut down. So. Yeah. I mean, you have to go to Vietnam to ride. (laughs) <laughs> so i mean if i'm going to vietnam i'm going there for a very different reason and it's probably not to ride some like janky roller coaster <laughs> that's shipped from like south carolina to <laughs> that vietnam. used to be that used to play led zeppelin music yeah exactly yeah um, well anyway so i guess in the coming years listeners if this becomes more of a thing we'll report on it again but i, I don't expect we will So yeah, this has been your host, Kyle. And this has been your host, Peter. Thank you for dealing with our jokes and for (laughs) our facts and stuff like that. Bye, we love you.